You're listening to Light Up, Season 2, Episode Number 4 with Anna Forte. Earlier this year, Anna left her corporate job to take her consulting business, The Spritz Project, full-time. And in today's episode, she shares her abundant wisdom when it comes to growing an impactful business that people want to work with and work for. I'm so excited to hop into this conversation today. And if you stick around until the end, you'll get to hear the magical story of how we met. I promise it's a really good one. So let's dive in. Why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world inside? One, two, three, four. Hi, I'm Shannon, and you're listening to my weekly motivational podcast, Light Up. I'm just a girl from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who loves bringing people together and making them feel good. So I'm talking to happy people about what it is that lights them up and how embracing their unique gifts and pursuing their passions has brought them peace, joy, and abundance. I believe that true and lasting happiness comes from finding and fulfilling our life's purpose. It's my mission to help you conquer limiting beliefs, harness your personal power, and live out your fullest potential. In these episodes, we'll build daily habits together that drive us towards happier and fuller lives. You have the power to manifest your dream life. So let's get started. Is a space that creates your horizon. Well, your mind is a space that creates the horizon. Your mind is a space that creates your horizon. Well, your mind is a space that creates your horizon. Say, why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Shannon. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. You are just one of the sweetest people that I've ever met. And the funny thing is we've never actually met in person yet. We've just done all of our meetings over Zoom. Um, But I just feel like We've gotten to know each other so well over the past six months through our time together in Danielle's Mastermind, which we'll talk a little bit about more later, uh, and then all of the work that you've done to help me get really organized in my business since then. And I'm just so happy that the stars aligned and that the universe brought us together. Um, but we went from spending like an hour or so a week together over Zoom for a while to barely having a chance to catch up at all over these past couple of months. So I'm just so excited to have a chance to hang out with you tonight and to see what what, what you've been up to. So before we dive into our conversation that who knows could go on for like two hours, we're going to try to keep it in an hour. Um, but can you just go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us who you are, where you live, what you love to do? Who is Anna? Yes. Well, I, again, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, who I am. Wow. Um, I would say I am an ex corporate girl turned founder and CEO. My business, the Spritz project is a consulting business designed to help entrepreneurs put experience at the forefront of every business decision. So their business is one that people want to work with and work for. Um, more broadly, I'd also consider myself a lifelong learner, a major introvert, and a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> um, 
I'm originally a little bit of uh, a little bit more about my background. I'm originally from Massachusetts, uh, but I moved to Orange County after I graduated from college. And um, to be honest, when people ask me like what I love to do, what my hobbies are, I always get so self-conscious because I honestly think I'm kind of boring. Um, I love the simple things in life, like really, truly. I love sipping my coffee in the morning while reading a good book or listening to a podcast. Um, I love a good long walk or a hike. And um, honestly, I like getting ready to go out to dinner, preferably Italian if I could be picky. Um, and then deep down, really the things that make me most happy are the things that keep me aligned and you know, where I'm putting myself first. Hannah, that was like so great. Thank you so much for giving me so much about your background and everything. That was just awesome. And you truly are just so easy to talk to. So I know that this conversation is just going to really flow. And I just can't thank you enough for your patience as I kind of get this show back up and running. I know we've we've had to kind of postpone our interview a couple of times. So thank you just for being so prepared today to share your story. And I know that you're so willing to be vulnerable and open about some of the struggles that have kind of brought you to where you are now. So we're just going to have so much fun. But I know that you just got back from a vacation and this is like the first vacation that you've taken since you went full-time with your business. So what did you do? How was it? Oh my gosh. It was the nicest week ever. Um, my boyfriend and I kind of went across the country, not on a full-blown road trip or anything like that, but we went from California to Massachusetts where I'm from. I hung out with my family a little bit, had some much needed family time. Then we went to Florida for a couple of days for a little uh, rest and relaxation. And then we went off to Texas for a couple of days. My boyfriend, Austin, he uh, was looking into some investment properties in Texas. So it was a really, really beautiful vacation, really nice to step away from work. And I think the most beautiful part of it was being able to step away from work and not have this overwhelming uh, stress about coming back to a really, really full inbox, something that I felt every time I took time off from my corporate job. So, uh, that by far was the biggest blessing of this vacation. Did you completely check out? Like, did you really like not do any work that whole time? So the plan was, yes, the plan was to not work at all, but, um, I brought my laptop and I brought some materials just in case I wanted to work. And, um, I always joke that I'm not the type of person that could just stay home all day. I have to work. I love working. I love feeling productive, but then also doing what I'm doing with the Spritz project. I am in, I am so in love with it that I ended up wanting to work. I have this service and I can tell you a little bit more later um, about the specifics, but um, it's just a really easy, they're called feedback sessions. And I decided to open up a couple of spots while I was on vacation. And so I worked on a couple of client projects while I was on vacation, you know, sitting at the beach and enjoying myself. And that to me is what the freedom of entrepreneurship has afforded me. It's come with a lot of, you know, downsides and, you know, stresses, but at the end of the day, the beauty to do the things that really feel purposeful have far outweighed the stresses. I'm so happy for you. And I just think it's really cool that I kind of got to watch you on your journey, transitioning out of corporate and into this new life that you've created for yourself. Um, 
about six months ago, we met in a three month long mastermind that I kind of mentioned just shortly before. Um, and it was really for big, busy business women working to grow and streamline their businesses and ultimately to be able to make more money doing the things that we love and the things that we're good at. So can you talk a little bit about where you were in September when we started that program and how things have changed and just transformed for you over those last six, seven months? Yeah. So I was in a place, I think 2020 really was eye-opening for so many people. Um, it highlighted the really good things. And then it also highlighted the really bad things. And so the good things in my life were great. And the bad things in my life felt really unbearable. Um, I was really struggling with my purpose. I had a great job in, in corporate and I was very good at it. I was always envisioning myself. I would, I would promote and grow, um, within the role that I had and just continued more in a leadership capacity that aligned with my strengths. And it kind of came to light that that wasn't going to be able to pan out at the organization that I was with. And I had on my heart probably for about four years that I wanted to have a business uh, in some capacity at some point in the future. And I know myself being the type A planner that I am that I would really struggle to actually take action and execute on that idea. I had had my business plan and my standard operating procedures set up, but I really wanted someone to hold me accountable in order to move from this space of planning into actually launching. I had a couple of clients prior to committing, but it hadn't been something that I launched to the whole world and, you know, to the internet. And so by joining this program, I felt like I had this accountability that I wouldn't have with myself. I needed someone else to help me with the roadmap, someone that I admired, someone that, you know, I emulated and wanted to be like them. Um, and so that's what the mastermind was. And since joining, I will say first and foremost, had I not joined, I wouldn't have met you and I wouldn't have been able to work with you. But more importantly, I feel like when I talk about you, Shannon, you are like a lifelong friend. And oh, I know I feel the same way about you. I just feel like we've known each other forever. Seriously. And without that, I wouldn't, without that program, I wouldn't have met you and some other really amazing people. But then more importantly, I truly don't think I would have taken action. I was so scared and felt so stuck in my own way. I was personally in my own way and being able to have someone really hold me accountable, helped me move the needle and get to where I am now, which has been so incredible. Well, and I have to tell you from our very first meeting, which, you know, was a zoom meeting with, I think there were like some extra people on that call. So maybe like seven or eight women. Um, I remember, you know, you feel like, I felt like you were a little shy. You were a little bit like hesitant to like talk about what it was that you loved. Um, maybe what it was that you didn't love about your job. Um, and you've just, gained this confidence since then. And I just can hear it in your voice. I can just hear how passionate you are about what you're doing. And it just really, really shows. And I'm so happy for you. Um, and I know that like, even since you 
went full-time with your business just at the start of 2021, you've already kind of evolved, uh, you know, your business mission and the, the person that you're serving. So talk a little bit about kind of how your business has even changed just over the past couple of months since you've taken it full-time. Sure. So when I started my business initially, I would describe the business as client experience. I helped small service-based businesses with their client experience. And that still holds true. I do still focus on client experience, but I've really evolved the type of service that I provide. So not only am I helping service providers with their client experience, but I'm also helping them with their employee experience. And what that really means is I am helping my clients develop a business and make business decisions that set their business up so that their business is one that people want to work with, but also work for. And really how that came to be is I went into business with this whole assumption that, you know, people were being very honest about where they stood and their mental health struggles and their struggles in business and stuff like that. And I had a really profound conversation with um, one of my dear friends who was saying, no, you know, I'm really struggling. And I don't really talk about that on Instagram. I, I have a very full plate. I'm working super long hours and it may look like everything's fine and dandy on the surface, but really, truly, I'm working more hours than I did when I was in corporate. And uh, something has to change because I feel like I have my whole business on my back and something truly needs to change. And that was a light bulb moment that, you know, it makes sense that you, if you're on Instagram, for example, and you're promoting your business, you may keep very close to the chest, the things that you're struggling with, whether it be delegating tasks, managing a team, knowing how to hire a team, setting up processes for a new team that you bring on. And something that's so important to recognize is when you are a founder and you bring people on, part of the reason why you're bringing people on is because you have so much repeat business and referral business and you're very, very successful. And sometimes bringing on people can trigger this fear that, well, I don't want what made me so successful and the service that I provided to then suffer because someone else is doing it and not me. So oftentimes my clients are a little bit like a control freak. And I can say that because I am definitely a control freak. Um, but I think that recognizing that the client experience also includes who is running the experience. And oftentimes that's going to be an employee is just super important to making sure your business is growing and serving people the way you set out when you started a business. Well, I feel like this is such a natural progression for you because it's so funny. Like when I hired you, I hired you to make email templates for me. And then I hired you again to kind of take that a step further and make surveys for me. But in that process of just talking about emails and surveys, which are such a small part of my business, you helped me to completely transform my workflow and to build these new systems that I had just truly never even thought about. So I love that you're really kind of not pivoting necessarily, just growing and changing, you know, 
what you might have thought your business was going to look like and just really evolving. Um, but like before I met you, I always thought about my clients and wanting to serve them to the best of my ability. Uh, but I really didn't put a whole lot of thought into exactly how I was doing that. Um, I really didn't have great systems or workflows in place. And, you know, I was just kind of like responding to every email with a custom response. And I thought that that was really like, cool. I was like, oh, cool. Like I'm, I'm making sure that I give everybody this really custom experience. But in doing so, I was really starting to get overwhelmed and overworked, um, you know, as my business grew and I was getting more inquiries coming in, uh, I just like kind of for a little while, like stopped responding to people, which like is terrible. That's a terrible client experience. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, why entrepreneurs should be thinking about it all the time and how you kind of help us to streamline some of those workflows and to just make sure that we're always providing the same excellent experience to every single one of our clients, whether they actually even become a client or not, or we end up maybe passing them along and saying, we don't actually have time or we're not a great fit. How do you do that and make it a little easier for us? I love that you asked that because um, when I came into this whole business world, I had this understanding that everyone knew what client experience was because I knew what client experience was and well how silly of me was that I think what I've, I've really found is people know client experience is important but when you ask someone to pinpoint what exactly client experience is sometimes people will say oh well it's sending a nice thank you note or a gift after working with someone and it's so much more than that um, I like to describe client experience is the little details and touch points that influence a, whether it be a customer or just an audience member, how it influences their perception of a brand, a business, or even an influencer. It could even be a person because everyone has their own brand. Um, and it can be, you know, conscious or subconscious influences. It could be big or small and it could be intentional or unintentional. And what I mean by that is let's take the example of not responding to someone's email. You know that, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Brene Brown, but she's one of my favorite, favorite, um, people in, you know, the self-help space. And I need to listen to her podcast. I've gotten so many like recommendations for it and I haven't done it yet. So that is next on my list. She's phenomenal. And she talked about in one of her documentaries about a fight she had with her husband. And she said, you know, one of the key sayings to start every statement with is the story I tell myself. Um, and I think that's very common as consumers. We just make these assumptions about other people. So let's take someone who reached out to you, for example, and had an inquiry and you are so overwhelmed because you have this booming business with tons of clients and a ton of referrals. Um, and you know, this person reach out, reaches out and they don't get a response because you're, you have so much on your plate. Well, they can come up and say, you know, the story I have in myself is that Shannon doesn't care about her clients. Well, all it takes is for someone to spend five minutes with you to know that you're the warmest, most caring human beings. And I, 
Um, I think that recognizing that setting yourself up for success and providing top-notch service, and that doesn't necessarily mean luxury service, but service that will get you that repeat and referral business um, is you know, shaped by the tiniest of little things, the emails that you send, the words that you put in those emails, how you're showing up on social media, um, the pricing that you have, something that I hold very near and dear, and I think is incredibly important when business planning and making business decisions is the synergy between your brand and the decisions that you ultimately make. If you want to be a luxury brand, for example, but then you're not anticipating your clients' needs, you're not speaking to them in your emails um, in a polished manner, if your follow-up is not timely, those are things that will shape a client's perspective of you and could be the difference between them working with you or choosing to work with someone else. And we live in a time where there are so many markets that are incredibly saturated and the things that will get you to stand out are being easy to work with, um, being convenient to work with and being memorable. So I would say the biggest takeaway I can, I can make is recognizing the importance of being easy and convenient and memorable. And those are shaped in all the teeny tiny little business decisions that you make throughout your business journey. And I feel like even though, you know, every time I talk to you, I'm kind of like doing something similar to you in the sense that I'm evolving my business or pivoting or kind of changing my mind. I feel like it's been kind of a never ending process over the past six months or so trying to build some of these workflows and um, like streamline some things and automate some things. So could you maybe just talk a little bit about specifically what you kind of have helped me with um, over, you know, our time together over the past couple of months and how you've kind of helped me to put uh, templates into place that it's like, you know, I, I feel like if somebody hears this, it might sound a little impersonal to know that they're getting this email that goes out that's just like a, a pre-written template, but you spent so much time like getting to know me, getting to know my process in helping me to develop those responses and then making it so that I can just do little tweaks here and there. Um, so can you just kind of talk a little bit about how you kind of gain um, a perspective of what someone's workflow is like and how you kind of recommend they go about uh, making some of those templates and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely know there are mixed opinions on templates and I personally am a firm believer in them and not necessarily because I think you need to make some impersonal, everyone gets the same message type of email. I, I don't think that's how it should be done. And I think one of the key things that's really important to recognize is oftentimes templates are put in place to actually help the business owner or to help the employee. For example, if you have a million other things that you're doing on your plate and you're, you don't have a template to reference or you don't have a template to use that maybe you can tweak or customize just for the individual, think about the amount of time it takes you to write an email. And then let's say three days later, you're writing a very, very similar email, but you don't have that saved. So then 
you're spending that same amount of time writing another email to someone who you could have just essentially done a copy and paste. Um, and I do make sure when crafting templates, what's really important to me, everything that I do is customized. I don't do any sort of, you know, templates or surveys or questionnaires and just give them to all of my clients. I considered for one point doing bundles and just selling a set number of templates. And after I thought about that some more, that's really not aligned with my my vision for my business and the values that I hold most dear, because I think every business is different. And so much of what sets businesses apart is their service and their voice and the person behind the business. And having something completely customized allows you to stay in line with having a very unique experience for that business owner. So I got to know you, I got to know your voice. Um, and I got to understand the tone that you had with your clients. And I also made it a point to focus on the key points that you wanted to drive home. So whether that be setting expectations or doing a check-in and touching base, um, knowing the intention behind each of the emails, because every email should serve a purpose. Um, that was really, really important for me. And I like to think led to why they're, they're working for you. Well, I'm so embarrassed to admit this. You sent me my surveys like a month ago or more, and I have not even sent any of them out yet, but my intern, Emily, actually just started this week as um, like a part-time employee for me, and she is going to kind of take over sending those out to some of my past clients, and I can't wait to start using them just to really like check in and make sure that I'm following up and seeing what I can do better as a business owner moving forward and just kind of um, checking in and seeing where everyone that I've worked with in the past is, is now because I really feel like that is something that I want to be remembered for is someone who cares. And, and I really like, I feel like I become friends with most of the people that I work with. So it's so cool just to have this way to check in with them and have a purpose behind it. Uh, not just like saying like, Hey, how's it going? It'll be really organized. So thank you so much for all that you've done to help me. It's still a work in progress, but like just talking to you on every call, I got so much more out of it than just these email templates and surveys. I have a whole new understanding of my business and how I want to move forward and to be remembered. So thank you so much. Um, but you're just like so knowledgeable and so eloquent and you mentioned to me that like you didn't really love school, but like you do have some formal education, and, but you're a lifelong learner. And I just kind of want to know, like, what was it about formal education that you didn't really love or that didn't work so well for you? Um, yeah, just like talk a little bit about where you went to college. Uh, even before that, like, were you always struggling with school, even in like elementary school, high school? So school, that is <laughs> school. Oh man. So I was very, very good at school. I, um, I graduated with a great GPA from high school, great GPA from college. Um, I did very, very well, but I was miserable and I hated school because I had this pressure being type A and very much a perfectionist that I had to ace everything. And so in high school, I had my small friend friend group um, and then would really spend the majority of my time writing papers, studying, 
doing homework and all of that jazz. Uh, when we finished up high school, um, when it came time to go to high school, I honestly wanted to take a gap year because I've, I've never really felt like I fit in. I've never really, I, I've for the longest time felt kind of directionless. Um, I wanted to maybe go into real estate because my, you know, someone that I knew, one of our family friends had said, you know, you'd be really good in real estate. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go into real estate because someone thinks I'd be good at it. And then um, when it came time to picking a school, I went someplace where um, there was no challenge. I could easily get my straight A's and, and be very successful. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't really being challenged. I wasn't really learning all too much. Um, and then, so I, I transferred schools and went to a place that was much more challenging and I still hated it. I picked a major because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I decided to study marketing. Um, in hindsight, I think I should have studied operations, but I studied marketing because it's something that can be applied to every single industry and the focus is really identifying people's needs and finding ways to ultimately meet their needs. And I figured, well, that's what I'm really passionate about. Uh, but to be really honest, Shannon, I didn't enjoy school. When it came time to leave school, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have a job lined up. I moved out to California after school and you know, found a job in property management and stuff like that because that aligned with my skills. But to be honest, I think the sheer pressure of education and having this self-inflicted pressure to ace everything and be perfect at everything that I put my mind to was really crippling. And I remember in, in school, I'd be studying on a Saturday night and I would always say, I just want to work. I want to leave school and I want to go work. I want to make money. And I want to be able to do something that's purposeful. And I'm sorry, sitting in economics does not feel purposeful. Sitting in chemistry, because I'm not going to be a doctor, does not feel purposeful. So um, I will tell you, once I left school and I, I graduated and everything like that with my, you know, my nice little summa cum laude on my, uh, on my diploma and stuff like that, it, does, it was the satisfaction of having that was great, but at the same time, no one really cares about it. And I still, you know, I, I don't look at, look back at my time in school fondly because it was not a fun time in my life. It was very stressful and frankly, a little dark. Um, and since everything has kind of gone up from there. Good. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, like, just that diploma and everything, it didn't really, like, give you that sense of satisfaction that maybe you think would come from seeing it up on the wall. Um, I love that you mentioned that because just last night, Alex and I went to a friend's for dinner, um, and we just saw their new house that they moved into for the first time. And in the office, they had, uh, like, a diploma printed out and framed. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I ever even got a diploma from Duquesne. I've never seen it. I need to call and see if I even ever officially graduated. But I think it would be kind of neat to like print it out and put it up there. But, you know, it's it's not giving you that satisfaction that you feel from the maybe the experiences that you've had in actually working or being a part of a mastermind. So where is it that you get your information now? How have you continued to learn and 
continue just to pursue education, although you didn't maybe want to go back to school for like a master's degree or, degree or like one of those more, um, you know, like off of the top of your head when you think, oh, I'm pursuing education. Yeah, you feel like you're going to this institution and you're getting this degree. How are you still learning? So it's funny that you say that because I always used to say I hate learning and that my mom, if she listens to this, will be so horrified. But I would always say, I just, I don't like to learn. I really don't. And that is so funny to me now to think about because really, I just didn't like the way I was supposed to learn. I didn't like having to read a book, memorize it, and then prove my knowledge by regurgitating it in a paper or on a test. I absolutely love to learn. I um, I read. I have such a library of books. Um, since leaving my corporate job, I have made it a point to wake up early and I spend my first hour of my day reading a book. Um, so I would say I read all types of books. I find it very interesting to learn from other business people, but then I also find it very valuable to kind of let yourself get lost in fiction and stuff like that. Um, I also listen to tons of podcasts. They are one of my favorite ways to take in information and you know, multitask and stuff like that. And I truly see some of the podcasts that I listen to and the hosts of them as my, as my mentors. And it's not like we've ever met before, but being able to listen to the content that they put out on a regular basis, I truly feel like I'm learning from them. And maybe I don't necessarily get to sit down and have coffee with them. That would one day be the dream. But at the same time, I feel like I'm still learning from them and, and their expertise. Well, who are some of your biggest mentors and role models? Who oh. are you, you know, who are you just loving? And who do you feel like has kind of shaped the person that you are now? Oh my gosh. So I would say my absolute favorite, she's not even an influencer. She's an entrepreneur. Um, is her name's Lauren Bostick. She has, uh, she founded the brand, the skinny confidential. She and her husband, Michael are phenomenal entrepreneurs, business people. I started listening to them in 2017 and they were a huge inspiration for why I went and decided to take the plunge in starting a business. I love Ed Milet. He is phenomenal. He has really intelligent guests on his podcast. Um, he's a little bit of motivation, uh, but also the education that I learn and the people that I'm exposed to through his podcast is absolutely incredible. And then uh, my other, if I'm supposed to round it, if I was going to round it out at three, my other is, um, her name's Christine Hassler. She has a podcast called Over It and On With It. And that is more self-help um, and that's more mindset. She does weekly coaching calls with her guests and being able to listen to other people's stories and listening to how she coaches them through maybe mindset blocks that she has. Even if I can't relate to the struggle that that guest is having, I feel that I've been able to expand my worldview and take in other perspectives that I maybe not would not have been exposed to. Well, thank you so much for the recommendations. I'm always looking for a new podcast to listen to. And I think it's amazing that you make time to wake up and read for an hour every single morning. What are you reading right now? Is there something like a good book that you just haven't been able to put down? 
Okay, so I have the the nerd in me. I, I'm reading this book called Aesthetic Intelligence by Pauline Brown, and it is all about aesthetics. And she, Pauline, I should say, uh, she worked as um, a high up executive for some of the most major luxury brands that we're all familiar with. So Louis Vuitton. Um, is the one that comes to mind, but Estee Lauder, I believe, I don't want to butcher it too much. <laughs> maybe you don't need to include the specifics. Um, anyways, Pauline Brown, she's just incredible and a major expert when it comes to the power of aesthetics. She taught a course at Harvard and just, it's so interesting to know the statistics behind the buying behavior that people have around something as simple as aesthetics and, you know, how taste and feel and scent um, and sight can really shape the success or the failure of a product or even a retail experience. That sounds awesome. And so that's like a, um, it's not like a novel, it's more of like a a educational kind of self-help development, learning how, you know, you want to work. Exactly. Yes. That is one of the business ones I will say. And this was a book given to me by my mom that I thought was absolutely incredible. It is a nonfiction book. It's called the boys in the boat. Um, and it's about the Washington university or the university of Washington's crew team, uh, and how they rode or, you know, were in the Olympics back in the 40s, I believe. And it was just so fascinating. Another book that I love is called The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Um, Just, I could, if you want a book list, I could give you a book list. I just, I love, I love to read so much. It's such a highlight of my day. Please make me a book list that I can include in the show notes and a podcast list because I mean, of course, I'm going to go through and add the ones that you talked about into the show notes afterwards so everyone can go and check them out. But if you have like a whole list that you just want to send me, that would be amazing. Oh my God, absolutely. But so just like speaking of routine and having that kind of freedom, or maybe I guess it's willpower to get up early enough every day to make the time to read. Um, I just want to know like about your routine, because I feel like successful people always have a routine um, or kind of like at least uh, just a structure over the way that their day kind of goes. Um So now that, you know, your day-to-day life has probably changed a lot since leaving your full-time job in corporate and, you know, kind of having that freedom to work your own hours, um, have you changed like the way that you work a lot? And I know you're so really regimented and like, you've got a great routine that works for you. So what does a typical week look like for you now? Sure. So I have... Um, a basic structure that each day is kind of supposed to follow and whether or not it follows that is, you know, I can't require it to follow that certain structure. Life happens all the time, but how it's supposed to go is Mondays are reserved really for my CEO days. Um, they're very strategy focused and I really work on long-term planning, the details that need to really be fleshed out in order to have some of these big goals that I have come to pass. 
Um, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are very, very call heavy. I have um, either client calls. I always like to make it a point to do some form of networking. And I don't mean that to sound kind of calculated. I think networking can sometimes sound a little um, like, oh, I'm going to a networking event or something like that. But I really like to set aside some time, whether it be to have a virtual lunch with a, a colleague or a friend or um, just have like a coffee chat just to catch up. I am not sure how many people can relate to this, but sometimes I find that the entrepreneur space can feel a little lonely and being able to surround myself virtually with other people has been really helpful. Um, Thursdays are my days really to do my creating and my client work. And then Fridays are kind of my free for all days where I'm doing the things that didn't necessarily get accomplished by, um, you know, by the end of Thursday. So, um, I'll still wrap up some client work. Sometimes I have some calls in there and then any strategic initiatives that I had and, and put on my calendar for the week on Monday, if those didn't get done, it's really making sure that those get accomplished by end of day on Friday. And then I like to try to close my laptop a little early. Um, but something that I thought, I thought was really funny is when I left corporate, one of the things that I hated most about corporate is I never had time to take my lunch. Um, I would always have a, a working lunch. I, I, you know, take my lunch and I, I eat, uh, I eat my food and I respond to emails and it was miserable. And I was like, I, I want to just be able to take a lunch. And now that I'm about, I'm a couple months into business now working full time and I still work during lunch. And I realized it has nothing to do with the lunch itself. It has to do with the work that I'm doing. I absolutely love what I'm doing. And I will sometimes have working lunches with a friend, you know, we'll just put on our zoom together and we'll work, which I'm so open to do with like anyone, anyone that wants to do a working lunch with me. Like I'm so open. I think they're really fun. Um, but again, I love what I'm doing. And so working during lunch is almost like a treat because it feels purposeful. I remember you telling me like you had this idea that you wanted to kind of have like a virtual lunch date. You know, I don't know if it would be like a once a week type of thing or once a day. I feel like you absolutely have to get that started. And when you do invite me, because that sounds so fun. And I, I mentioned like before we got started on our interview, just in our little catch up that I was really like embracing this digital world for a while. And I'm starting to remember that like, it's not going to stay like this forever, but it has just been so, so wonderful through a pandemic to have this way to connect. And I love that you're making time to do that because it has to be different now, you know, working on your own. And although you have clients and you have meetings and things like that, it can definitely feel lonely just wearing all the hats and being the CEO. And you don't always just have someone at the cube next door to like say hello to or to take a break and talk to. So that is so cool. And I love that you just love your work so much that you're working through lunch. But so even though you do something a little bit different every day on the job, Monday through Friday, do you have like a morning routine that you stick to every single day and maybe like an evening routine or, um, yeah, what does that kind of like beginning and end to your day always look like? So I wish I could say I had a really firm morning routine. I don't, um, I want to have more of 
um, a structure. I really only have a couple things that I do. I have been making it a point to wake up on the earlier side just so I have more time to read and have some me time before I jump into my day. Like I said, I'm on the West Coast. So um, in California, I'm three hours behind the East Coast. I feel like I'm waking up behind everyone by the time I get started at nine o'clock in the morning. People are like halfway through their day if they're on the East Coast. And so um, I've been making it an effort to wake up early and then um, I'll come downstairs, make some coffee. Uh, it's always hot and always black. Uh, there's no milk or cream or sugar or anything like that. That's how I like it. And I sit down on my couch and I read a good book for probably about a solid hour. Um, I would, or I shouldn't say I would, but I definitely admire the people who have some sort of meditation practice. I have not been able to get into any sort of medic meditation. I like it when I'm going to bed, but I think my brain goes too fast. Okay, Anna, don't sell your morning routine short. Just that time that you take to read is meditation. I mean, just like starting your day by taking that time for yourself and to kind of shut down your mind from some of those other worries and things that could come from just work and life in general. Don't, that is absolutely a form of meditation. And I couldn't imagine a, a more relaxing and better way to start the day. So I feel like you already have an amazing morning routine. And I know like it would be so cool just to say that, you know, like you, you did an extra form of meditation, just really sitting there for 10 minutes or so. But if the reading works for you, it makes you feel good as you begin and, you know, set forth on your day. I think that's, that's an amazing morning routine. That's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, I, I, the reading is something that's really intentional and something I've really stuck with. And then in terms of an evening routine, that's a little more um, regimented. I make skincare a priority always. I like to make sure that I'm really cleansing and moisturizing and stuff like that. Um, typically I'll have some time to wind down before really going to sleep. Something that's been really beneficial for me and I've really enjoyed um, is having our light bulbs in our, our uh, in our bedroom be red. So having red light instead of your bright blue light or maybe like a really warm yellow light, that's been really nice. And I'll put on some um, nice relaxing music. So just some smooth jazz to really wind down for the night. So like I said, skincare, some red lights and some smooth jazz just to set the mood and get really calm so that I am able to get a nice sleep. And then also if, um, anyone wants any suggestions for any sort of meditation or whatnot for nighttime, the calm app, I am obsessed with, and I would highly recommend to anyone that is looking for maybe an app to help them wind down at night. I have to check that out for sure. Um, so I, my next question, I was going to ask you about Austin. Um, and we, I realized we haven't really like talked a whole lot about him yet. So talk about your boyfriend, Austin, um, about kind of like your lives together. Do you guys kind of share some of those same routines? Do you do your own thing every day? Tell me about him. Yeah, so Austin is um, my boyfriend. We've been together for about five and a half years. We met in college. So as much as I hated my college experience, one of the really great things is he came out of it, which is fantastic. Um, he and I, I like to think are kind of like yin, yin, yang. 
Um, that being said, I think what makes us work is we have the same values and values are super, super important. And if we didn't have the same values, I don't know if he and I would work. Um, he is super driven. He is very, very smart. And he challenges me in a way that, uh, he knows how to, how to test me a little bit and challenge myself, which is really important. I, uh, one of the pieces of advice I've received is you always want someone who is going to challenge you, um, and be smarter than you and not necessarily saying that Austin is smarter than me, but he is smarter in ways that, you know, are kind of like weaknesses for me. Um, and one of the most pivotal moments leading up to launching a business is we are on a walk and I was talking about how, you know, one of the big milestones in my business was I was going to set up a photo shoot. And let me tell you, Shannon, this was early stage of my business. <laughs> and I was talking about a photo shoot and he goes, Anna, I love you. However, you need to focus on the things that are going to move the needle for you in this business. And I don't mean that to sound harsh, but I say it because I know you'll be successful but I need you to take yourself seriously the way you would want someone else to take you seriously. And while a photo shoot sounds very exciting, it's not going to move the needle in the way that you want it to. So um, he's very, very driven. We don't necessarily have the same nightly routine. So I tend to wind down myself and oftentimes he'll, you know, be playing video games or something like that, or he'll be working on his own stuff. Um, and, really setting aside some quality time together earlier in the night is what's important to us. We'll cook together and then have some time where we just spend some time on the couch together, maybe watch some TV. And then when it comes time to go into bed, we'll take our separate time apart. And that allows me to calm down and really focus on myself and not necessarily like figuring out what he needs. Yeah. And I, I love that you just kind of talk about how you have the same values, but you just have a different background or knowledge that really supports you. And, you know, like, I feel like a lot of the time you feel like you want to have someone in your life that you have a lot in common with. And I kind of went through the same thing um, with Alex in the fact that like, when we first got together, I was like, he is not at all what I imagined myself like marrying someday. Um, but we seemed like we felt like we had nothing in common at the beginning, but over time I've realized that we have so much in common and we've almost kind of like grown into one person with a lot of the same ideas, but he's like a numbers guy. He's really great with money and I'm the more creative one. He's very rational. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we'll just like manifest it. And it's going to be okay. <laughs> so it's awesome just to have somebody who supports you and who knows you and who loves you, but also has some other ways that they can add to your life. If you and Alex ever come to California or, you know, vice versa, if we ever go um, to Pittsburgh, oh my gosh, we would have the best double date because it, when you were describing Alex, that sounds just like Austin, very analytical numbers, um, like nobody's business. And I am much more of like a dreamy, visionary, the manifesting. I wasn't always a manifester, but I will say that is definitely something that I've grown more open to over the years. So, but yes, I it's still, not an if we come 
to California or you come to Pittsburgh and we're going on a double date, it's when? Because like, I mean, we're making this happen sometime very, very soon. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but so I know that, uh, you know, you you kind of already talked a little bit about an epiphany moment um, in your business that Austin kind of helped you to come to. Um, but I know we've talked a little bit about how you kind of had this realization um, that, you know, you're worthy of investing in yourself, whether it's something for your business or your education or just a personal experience. Um, can you talk a little bit about that kind of epiphany moment that you had and that realization in realizing that you just, you're worthy of investing in yourself? Sure. So it's, I think I've always seen myself as worthy. I, um, something that I don't know a ton of people feel like I truly love who I am. I think I'm a great person. I think my values are, um, something to be proud of at the same time though, I do allow myself to get in my own way all of the time. And as morbid as this may sound, I think part of this epiphany that I had, and it really was probably from a podcast that, you know, I listened to with Ed Milet and he said it, you know, seven times, um, (laughs) was I just didn't want to be on my deathbed and look back at my life and say, I should have did it. I should have done it. I should have taken the chance. I should have, you know, really tried and failed than not trying at all. And here I am, uh, you know, I've been in business and I'm still here. And I think I was talking to our shared coach, Danielle, and I said, you know, worst case scenario, I just go back and get another job if it doesn't work. And the logic behind all of that was really what pushed me to believe in investing myself. Now, there's nothing I find more annoying than people that sugarcoat things and are like, oh yeah, I just like, didn't want to, you know, be on my deathbed. And so I did it. Like, it was terrifying. (laughs) It was really, really scary. Um, and it was a decision that took me quite a bit of time. It was not like an epiphany where it was right away instantaneous. My mind was changed. Um, so I certainly won't sugarcoat that, but at the same time, like I said, the logic of being on my deathbed and the logic of well, just go get another job. I couldn't say no to that because it's so true. Just like this little mindset shift that all of a sudden happens. Um, But you also mentioned that like your happiness really comes from being able to fully honor your needs without any hesitation or judgment. So what do you do to honor yourself and to make sure that your needs are met so that you can continue serving others? So again, this is another thing I definitely don't want to sugarcoat. I am a huge giver. I, um, I give a lot of myself arguably too much at times. I'd identify as an empath. I really feel like I am in in tune with others' emotions. I can really pick up on people's emotions and that can be really draining. I also am incredibly empathetic and that's a little different um, than being an empath. And I will never forget in my first job out of college, I was meeting with my boss and I was having a really hard time. I think I was actually like crying in her office because I really was struggling. And I was like, I don't think I can do this. I feel like I have too much empathy for these people. And I feel like in a sense, we're kind of screwing them over. And 
she goes, you'll get used to it. It's fine. Just, just push through. And, you know, she did say like, you know, I do think you have too much empathy and it's just something over time you'll work your, your way out of. And in that moment, I knew it was kind of like a sobering moment. I was like, I'm not meant for this. For anyone who thinks that I have too much empathy and that feeling sorry for how, you know, some of these people are being treated, that doesn't sit well with me. And I'm really not okay with that. So um, it was a moment that, like I said, was sobering, but I recognize that what I have is a gift. Now, in order to really honor myself and how I stick to that, it has been really hard because I do want to please other people and I do want to, um, you know, give a lot of myself. And really simply what I do is do the things that make me happy. And one of the biggest reasons why I left my corporate career is because my day was filled with helping other people. And any time I needed more time in my day, the things that made me happy. So working out, taking a nice long walk, listening to a podcast, taking a lunch break, the things that I really needed to refuel, those were the first things to fall off my plate. So really staying in tune with the things that I needed. Now, granted, I had to quit my corporate job in order to get to a place where I could do that. But um, I would say, recognizing that I'm okay enough to make those decisions was something that was incredibly monumental. Well, so I feel like I, I believe that, you know, lasting happiness comes from finding and fulfilling and pursuing a life's purpose. And you mentioned that for the longest time, you kind of felt like you weren't really sure what your purpose was. And, um, you know, you felt a little bit lost. How, has your happiness level and just like your sense of peace and fulfillment changed since you've started to realize your purpose and what it is that you are uniquely good at and gifted at and making time for just those those little things that honor you and who you are yeah so I would say and I really don't want to sound corny at all (laughs) but um having left my job in corporate was one of the most freeing things I have ever done. It was the biggest example of, you know, me making a self-honoring decision and sticking with it. And it has been so wonderful to really find my purpose in helping people in ways that I know they need help. I know that so often uh, business decisions are shaped by budgets and constraints and the experience as a result suffers. Um, And that's just something that I'm not okay with. I think it's really important to put people first. So many people go into business because they have a talent and they want to share it with the world and really honoring that and making sure that you're able to serve people in that way is in my opinion, what this life is all about. So that has been the most rewarding. Now, I definitely don't want to say that it has been sunshine and rainbows and lollipops and super easy the whole time, but at least when I wake up in the morning and when I go to bed at night, I know that the work that I've done is making a powerful difference and I'm helping not only my clients, but the clients of my clients. So because I am doing the work, 
my clients are able to surprise and delight and enhance the experiences and the lives of the people that they're working with. And that to me makes all the difference and makes those hard days a little easier, still not easy, but a little easier. You just truly have found your calling and you are so good at what you're doing now. Um, And I just, we started off this conversation kind of talking about how a lot of the time people show up on Instagram and maybe don't share the struggles, um, but your vulnerability and your willingness to share what it was that was bad enough that you just felt like you needed to make this change. And even though it was terrifying, you like did it anyway. I just love hearing your journey through the whole thing. So thank you so much just for being vulnerable and willing to talk about some of those harder moments because that's where all of the good stuff comes from. I couldn't agree. And thank you for saying that. Um, I will say one of the things that I think is so important is really being okay, being honest and vulnerable. Um, if I could give anyone any tips, um, one thing I will say is if you're thinking of leaving your corporate job, um, definitely, um, make that decision out of a place of possibility and not out of a place of desperation. Um, that is something that someone told me that, um, I think I've really held really close. Um, sometimes if you're really upset or having a really hard time in a job, coming at it from a place of desperation, like I got to get out of this place. It's a very, very bad place to come from. And you can set yourself up, um, for a hard time, either financially, mentally, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so that would be my only piece of advice, but I appreciate you saying that I have always been one to avoid sugarcoating. And if anyone really finds that refreshing and you just kind of want to chat through some struggles, I'm more than happy to, you know, talk through the not so polished portion of stuff that doesn't always make its uh, appearance on Instagram. Not only are you so sweet, you're just like so wise and you just have so much valuable information. So I'm so happy. We're going to have so many like quotable moments to put into the show notes. This is going to be like a long one. I'm so excited to just like jam pack all the resources in there. But I, so I know you're someone who like has really big dreams and you're constantly checking in with yourself and your goals. Um, So what are you working on right now? Like what's like the number one thing when you're on your CEO days on Mondays, what are you working on? What's something new and exciting coming up that you're willing to talk about? Okay. So I have two things and they're two very different things. So, um, the biggest focus that I have right now, and this is something that is not, um, it wasn't planned, but it just is something that I have had on my heart is For the remainder of 2021, I'm really making it a point to work with the small businesses that were hit hardest during 2020, those that were able to keep their doors open, but really struggled and maybe still are struggling. Um, And the nice thing about this is there really aren't any qualifications that anyone has to to meet in order to be a good candidate. Um, If you're coming to me, chances are you recognize the importance of experience, client experience, employee experience. And so that to me tells me you have a certain set of values. Um, And so I have a couple clients local in Orange County where I would be devastated if their doors closed. So I'm working with them and then a couple kind of peppered throughout the country 
And that's been huge. And just being able to help these small local businesses that pour everything into their business is something that I'm really excited to do. And then my other project that I have really loved, one of my newer services is something called a feedback session. And these are fun to me because I wanted something like this in my business when I was starting, because I'm such a perfectionist and such a type A person, um, is I am essentially having my clients hire me to be their guinea pig. So let's say they're trying something new. They're rolling out a new funnel or a new workflow, or um, maybe they're trying out a new script for maybe a discovery call or a onboarding call or something like that. They hire me. I'm their test dummy or their guinea pig. And I say, okay, treat me as as if I'm your client, but there's absolutely no pressure because I'm going to tell you what you need to fix, what can be improved. So you're really focused on the client experience. Um, and it's optimized for you to ideally have more repeat and referral business. And it's super quick, super easy. Those are the ones that I did when I was on my vacation and they have been so impactful. I had one client who she was considering lowering her prices because she wasn't, um, closing people on her discovery calls and she wasn't making those deals. And she's like, I just think I'm too expensive. And we went through her discovery call and she just really had to change a couple of approaches to how she delivered her information. And she, we kind of checked in after the fact a couple of weeks later and her sales are phenomenal and it's completely changed. And it's also really helped her confidence because she realized you know, the value that she's adding is there. It's just, she was nervous when she was showing up for those discovery calls. So those have been really exciting and really quick and easy transformations in, you know, two days time. That's why I think that I've gotten so much more out of our time together than just the email templates and the surveys that you put together for me, because you put this effort and this time into really getting to know your clients. And, you know, we also like sat and painted our nails on Zoom and would be on our call for two hours. Um, But, you know, you, you really are so great at just giving the feedback and just having somebody to talk through something with can totally change your view. And it was like, she thought that this was an issue that she was having and that really wasn't the issue. And you helped her see that. So you also helped me do my first test Zoom podcast recording right before this. So you are amazing and I love that. I feel like everybody needs to book a feedback session with you. I think I'm gonna do that like right after after this call. Um, oh my God, absolutely. Yay, well, you know, I've been planning on like continuing to work with you even though like the projects that we were working on, we've wrapped up, but we're gonna have so much more to do. Um, but so before we dive into some rapid fire questions to wrap up, I just have to ask you one more time to share this story about, you know, we talked a little bit about manifestation and how you didn't always believe in it and how it's something that you've kind of gotten more into. 
um, you spend a lot of time thinking about your ideal client. You know, as an entrepreneur, that's kind of something that we all learn as a little technique when we're sh shaping our offer. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're targeting the right people. So way back when you created this ideal client avatar, and we talked about this when you joined me live on Instagram, and we've talked about it a million times, but could you please just honor me by sharing this story one more time? This is my favorite story <laughs> of, you know, the whole time I've been in business. So, okay. Four years ago, I knew that I wanted to start a business of some kind. And like you said, one of the core exercises that one does when one wants to start a business is defining their ideal client. Now, I decided I'd get my nice little paper and write down a couple of traits about my client, my ideal client, you know, the industry that she worked in, how old she was, the experience she had, like the quirks about her. I also gave her a name and then I found an illustration um, of, you know, someone who I thought kind of looked like my possible ideal client. So I said she was a wedding photographer. She was 25. She loved to paint her nails and that she likes to work in coffee shops, you know, loves yoga, spends um, or gets the majority of her business through word of, word of mouth. And I gave her a name and her name was Shannon. Now, I kind of hinted at this. I'm not a big, I wasn't a big believer in manifestation. I did not think that it was real at all. I would have never called myself a manifester. Well, lo and behold, not only was Shannon like my first client after committing to, you know, launch my business, but she also fit this to a T. And when I say Shannon, I mean you. <laughs> so you were my client that I manifested four years ago. And the craziest part is obviously you've pretty much fit it to a T, but you even looked like the illustration that I printed out, which is the scariest thing in the world. But I truly, and I don't mean to sound corny, but you are like the manifestation that I didn't know I was creating four years ago. And it has been so powerful, not just to know you, but also to know that sometimes there are forces outside of yourself. And as much as I'm this planner that really, truly, you can just put it out there and work for it. And I'm not saying that everything you manifest is going to come true, but you'd be surprised in the power of just putting it out there. And so I still think that's the craziest thing. I didn't realize it when you and I were deciding maybe to work together. It wasn't until I think our first meeting where I'm like, hold up, you're exactly like what I manifested four years ago. And I showed you my notebook and everything like that. And it was just a moment I will never forget. I have goosebumps still every time I think about it and hear about it. And I feel like everyone just loves hearing that story. So thank you. <laughs> it's the coolest, craziest story ever. And I have like pictures of the whole thing saved on my Instagram, like on one of the highlights. I think it's under inspo. So like, if you're listening, go and look at that. I'll definitely make sure I include the illustration in the show notes too. But like, it is just, it's so neat. Uh, so have you like 
made a vision board and everything since then? I have. <laughs> I I have planned. Well, it's not even a plan, but I have always been a dreamer. I have always been one where I have incredibly lofty goals and I just keep chugging along. Um, even on those really hard days where, you know, maybe I'm on a couple of calls and they don't go the way that I want them to, or, you know, on the days where, you know, self-doubt is creeping in, I have, um, it's a, I think it's a Google sheet and I've taken pictures from Pinterest and stuff like that. And it is my vision board through and through. And I look at that on those really hard days. And then on those really great days, I'm like, I'm coming for you. Nice house with the nice fireplace with the, you know, huge office that my future kids will like one day hang out in while I'm working. So they can see the power of a working mom and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely something that I was never a believer before. And whether or not it truly works for everything you set your mind to, um, I still think it's really important to dream regardless of, you know, whether or not it actually comes to pass. I think it's really powerful. Well, and of course you still have to put in the work, but having, <laughs> having that clear vision of what it is that you're working towards is just going to help to open your eyes when those opportunities come along and the right people come along. And so it's not as woo woo as it sounds, but you know, it like, it's just, it's so cool how it works. Like whatever you put out into the universe, I truly believe that it's going to come back to you. Um, you know, so I just love that you think about exactly what it is that you want and that you truly are manifesting it into your life. It's just really, really cool to see. Um, so what do you think about a couple of rapid fire questions before we wrap up? Let's do it. Okay. So what is the first thing you're going to do when the pandemic ends and it's safe to be out and about and just going back to life? Oh gosh. I think go to a movie. I really want to go sit in a movie theater. I know. I, I totally missed that too. I can't wait to do that. Um, so, okay. If you could put one book into every high school curriculum, what would it be? Oh, that's, that's tough. I would say. <laughs> oh, you have so uh, many books. So We're going to have your whole book list, but one for like high school age kids, top of your head. I would shoe dog by Phil Knight. The founder of Nike is a book that I have read multiple times over. It's phenomenal. What is your favorite nail polish color? Cause I know you have <laughs> and like the name. I do. It. I do. Yes. So it's Fiji by Essie. All of the nail polish that I buy is Essie and Fiji. It's like a really, really light pink. It's absolutely gorgeous. I plan to one day have my nails that color on my wedding day. Well, and after you like wrapped up uh, like our first time working together, you sent me a nail polish in the mail and like the cutest box with like all this fun little like confetti paper. And the nail polish was named Eternal Optimist. So like you didn't just pick this random color you really put like thought into like what one you wanted to choose for me and it was the sweetest gift and it was just something so like little but it just made this world of difference in my day and like now every time I paint my nails I think of you and I we we need to plan another nail polish date and I'm sorry I'm like slowing down the rapid fire questions <laughs> what's your favorite thing to do when you have downtime 
listen to a podcast. What was your first job? Oh gosh, I was a babysitter. I babysat for like practically every kid in town. I, it felt like I've been babysitting for like 13 years. Um, if that, we don't, if that doesn't count as a real job, I worked oh, as counts. a, oh, okay. Okay. I also worked as a restaurant host. So that was like my first like legit job where I needed like papers that my mom had to sign in order to like go apply. But, um, babysitting technically I started that when I was like 14. Oh my gosh I still would babysit now like I feel like it's it's so fun um okay and lastly what is something really high up on your bucket list? Something really high up on my anything, bucket, anything list. The on first, bucket list. The first thing that came to mind which is not something that typically goes on a bucket list was, but to be a mom, I really, I really look forward to hopefully one day being a mom. I want to raise beautiful, kind children that will go leave a lasting impact. One of my values for my business is legacy. And I think legacy is so, so important. And so I hope not only to leave a legacy with the Spritz Project, but also to leave a legacy with beautiful, kind children. You are going to be the best mom. Oh my gosh. That was the sweetest answer. Oh, I love that. I love that you just value family so much and you're leaving your legacy behind already just by sharing your story today. So whether you are a mom someday or not, you're sharing your wisdom with everybody right now. And I just truly appreciate that and admire that about you. So thank you so much. And I know that everybody is going to want to get in touch with you after they hear this episode. So where can they find you? How can they connect with you? And just what is something that our listeners can do today to give back to you and to serve you? Just to repay you a little bit for this time that you spent with me tonight. Oh my gosh. Well, I will say to start, I live primarily on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is The Spritz Project. Um, my website is www.thespritzproject.com. That's if you want to book any sort of sessions with me. But I would say if you're really interested and you want to talk through anything beforehand, Instagram is where you can find me. And then I will say, um, in terms of giving back, I would love anyone listening to this episode to, you know, take a screenshot of it and post it on your Instagram story. I would love to repost it. But most importantly, um, the thing that's so important to me is really being kind and focusing on service and focusing on treating others well. So if you do nothing else, I challenge you to compliment someone, the next person that you run into, what if they have nice hair or nice shoes or, you know, maybe there's just an infectious energy about them. Maybe the barista that pours your coffee tomorrow morning, so give them a compliment and notice how not only that impacts them, but more importantly, how it impacts you. You are so selfless and you're just so caring. And I love that your, your ask of everybody was to be kind to other people. You're just making a, a huge difference in the world. You're changing the world one person at a time. Thank you so much for spending this time with me tonight. I know it's turned into almost a two hour long call again, like we always do, but I can't wait to go back and to listen to this. I'm going to listen to it like a million times. And like Anna said, please, please, if you're listening and you feel like you heard something that you want to share with someone, and you feel like it can make a difference, please share this episode. Um, because I just think that is 
how we're all going to learn and grow. We have to keep connecting. We have to keep sharing our experiences and talking. And thank you so much. You're my soul sister. I'm so happy that we met. I'm so happy that you manifested me into your life. And I just hope that, uh, you know, you have the most fulfilling and happy future. I know you're already on your way. Thank you, Shannon. This has been so fun. And I'm seriously so honored to have been a part of this. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find the highlights from every episode of Light Up at shannonchavez.com. And if you haven't yet, head to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. Until next time, remember that you have the power to manifest your dream life. So do the stuff that lights you up. See you soon. outside yourself when you have all of the world inside Why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world inside